Hey, welcome along. Uh, this is James Watt in Conversation Show Talk. Uh, it's been a while since we did one, so uh, we've been recording a lot of stuff, actually. But I've just been really busy, so sorry about it. So I'm so sorry about that. Uh, so what we'll do, uh, we've got a few coming up in the next uh, uh, few weeks. Don't forget to subscribe away. All sorts of great people on the way. Uh, first of all, let's get Paul Zerdin on, winner of America's Got Talent, amongst many other things, Palladium uh, darling, uh, and uh, being on TV, uh, doing his ventriloquism for many, many years. Uh, don't forget to subscribe away and like, because you're meant to do that on podcasts, uh, but you'll love this guy, Paul Zerdin. In the latest episode of a James Watt in Conversation show talk, this is what happened. We have um, one of the... Now, this guy is probably the finest entertainer in the entire world. Uh <laughs> Uh, Paul Zerdin, welcome to the show. America's Got Talent, winner, uh, London Palladium star, and uh, all-time, all-round good guy. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks, James. I'm very good. Nice to talk to you. I was watching your, one of your videos last night and a um, little bit annoyed that you take the mickey out of my name quite so much. Um, which one were you watching? Was uh, I was watching about the what, the James Watt. Uh, you're, you're, you're doing a crossword with the whole gang. Yes. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of what in there. Uh, I've, I've had that all my life. You're referring to my my current comedy special, which is available now on the Paul Zerdin YouTube channel. And at the end of the show, I have myself with my, my other character, Sam, who's the one that's got the voice like this. Hello, Jen. <laughs> yeah, hello. And then there's, there's Grandpa, Albert, who's like this, and he's on his mobility scooter. And then there's the baby, and who talks like yes, hello. I do quite good impressions of these puppets. And um, there, there's the three puppets and myself all going virtually at the same time doing a, it's basically a modern version, a reworking of the famous Abbott and Costello who's on first baseball routine. And it's about Albert's crossword and it's about what Doctor Who and um, the last word is sorry. And there's a complete mix up and a misunderstanding on Albert's part. And that, I have to say, that's the most difficult routine I've ever had to learn. And it took me about a month to actually learn the script and then weeks to actually get the routine up and running. It must be very difficult. Must be very difficult to get it all, all, all right. Uh, that, that's for sure. Um, now, we need, to take, we need to take a step back, Paul, because, you know, uh, you're, you're hugely successful. You've been doing this for a long time. You won America's Got Talent, which we'll get onto in a minute. But have, you have been doing it. I'm not thinking. You've been doing it forever, haven't you, this? I've been doing it for about 30 years, I think just over actually now. Yeah, and how did it all start? I presume not as glamorous as what you're doing now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I started as a magician actually when I was a kid. And after being given a box of magic tricks for Christmas and annoying the hell out of my family, um, I realized that I loved loved performing and I really took to the magic. And then I was given a book on how to become a ventriloquist. And I was always interested in puppets, not ventriloquism. I hadn't really seen ventriloquists or ventriloquism in action. So I didn't really know what it was, but I was given a book on how to be a ventriloquist. And then I saw a ventriloquist on a TV show for the first time. And... Um, I, it was it was the first time I'd actually seen a ventriloquist or a, uh, in action. So uh, it was the first time I'd realised that you could be a puppeteer and also be in vision because I like being the centre of attention and being the star of the show. Uh, ventriloquism seemed to fit the bill because I love puppets. And I thought, oh, hang on a minute, I can be a puppeteer and 
and I can still be seen. I don't have to hide under the table like yeah, all yeah. the had seen. And so I started to learn the ventriloquism. And then when I left school with virtually no GC- GCSEs, I got drama and English, uh, I knew that I was going to go into show business. So I didn't really care about my academic um, education. And so I went and worked in a magic shop for a couple of years in london called davenport so i made lots of contacts there and then i used to do kids parties at the weekends close-up magic at night i was one of those annoying magicians when you're trying to have a, a romantic <laughs> dinner for two and and some bloke comes over and says hello pick a card uh, and uh, and you know people would tell me to disappear in different ways and um or make myself vanish and then i started to make contacts and then get bookings for bigger gigs and then i put together a comedy show uh, and it was always the magic I was always doing was was kind of you know comedy magic, more sort of Tommy Cooper than than David Copperfield uh, at that time. And and the comedy thing was the thing that I really loved. And and I I eventually phased out the the magic and brought in more of the ventriloquism. And then I ended up being a stand up comic ventriloquist. That's kind of what I do now. Now you've got a lot of uh, you've got a lot of puppets now. I don't know puppet is that a rude word? I don't know what Sam would think about uh, being called a puppet. Uh, but you've got Sam that's been along all the time, and you've got a lot of new. Characters. Characters. How does Sam uh, react to um, all the other guys uh, that have come along? What is this? Uh, what's this word, puppet? What is this? Uh, I'll explain this to you after the interview. Um, James, yeah. um, I have lots of puppets in the show. I have three main characters, like Sam, Albert and Baby. Well, I'm the main one. You're the main one. And I also have a bodyguard. So when I was working in America, uh, I finished my stint at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas for six months. After I finished that, I went and toured America. And you would do casinos in Canada, uh, America, all over the place. And I used to be given these bodyguards that would escort me to my room, back from my room back backstage and then back again. And I just used to really laugh, thinking, hang on, this is the little old me from Southwest 19. London SW19, and now I'm walking through these casinos with these big burly bodyguards. And so I started to write down notes and ideas and things. And 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 I I've now introduced the bodyguard character into the show, and his name is Roger, and he's he's American, he's yeah. paranoid. He's a bit uh, thick, he, isn't he? He's slowly inter- interrogating the audience, uh, uh, and because he thinks there's someone out there to get us. And I love I love him because he is a bit he's a bit dim. What I like about it is as well that you know, and it works well because all, all, all your friends that you have around with you, um, they can be ruder than you. Well, there's something about a puppet um, that can get away with and say things that a human can't. Not that I'm, you know, I've got anything outrageous to say, but they can just be a bit, bit, bit cheekier, really. And and I think that, um, that that's always been the case with puppets. You know, if you look back at, I mean, Emu, okay, so Emu didn't say anything, but his you know yeah our actions speak louder than words uh you know that parky interview is is you know is famous uh, it's legendary and um a puppet can get away with a lot more than a than a person and my old man character albert in this show he's he's albert's got to the age of 96 and he doesn't really care what he says anymore not that he says anything you know unbelievably outrageous but he you know he he uses some colorful language <laughs> Uh, and I kind of have to rein him, rein him back. But he's 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 also he's confused by everything, uh, and so it, it gives me the opportunity to to look at you know look at things from the way that we do. The humour comes from real life situations, like you know my mum is has an absolute meltdown when I'm trying to explain WhatsApp to her on her iPhone. And so I use these little things that have happened in my real life and put them into my show. And they, these are things that people can all relate to. You've got a parent or a grandparent that are getting old and don't understand modern technology. There's all that kind of um, 
stuff to explore. And I think, um, you know, the, the humour comes rather than just me being a bloke standing on stage with a puppet on the end of my arm, which I am yes. for a lot of the show. Um, but the humour is not just doing jokes. It's, it's doing, it's more sort of sitcom type uh, material because the, 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 the humour comes from the situations that arise with, you know, between yeah. the relationships well, between well, the characters. Well, you've got, you've got, you've got a cast of, uh, of uh, half a dozen and um, you only have to pay for yourself, which is uh, a genius idea. Congratulations uh, for, for that. <laughs> yeah. now, am I, now, America's, you're doing a big tour, by the way. You're doing a massive tour all across the country uh, this autumn. I know you're in Blackpool in the summer as well. Uh, but for us, uh, Milton Keynes on the 3rd of September, Chipping Norton, that's a nice intimate little theatre, uh, the 28th of, uh, of September. You're going to love that one. Um, uh, but you would, I saw you in Panto um, in Birmingham many, many years ago. Yes. And this was before America's Got Talent. I, th- I think it was. I think it was before America's Got Talent. It was. Got- yeah, okay. So you had been really successful, big-time pantomime, that. You're a big star of that show, along with some others. All right. So what made you go to America and, uh, and leave the comfort of what you had here, which was going pretty well? It was always going quite well here uh, in the UK. And I just felt like I kind of sort of got as far as I could and particularly developing TV ideas and, and, um, and formats and stuff. And I'd been guesting on various TV shows over the years and um, that had helped sell my live tours, whether it be, you know, pantomime, summer season, tour- touring. Um, and I just felt like I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get any further. So I thought I'd sneak over to America um, enter the competition that is America's Got Talent and if it didn't work out I would sneak back home and no one would be, would be any the wiser and what I was sort of naively I was just unbelievably naive about it because I didn't think you know I didn't even think about social media or any of that and if it had been a disaster that would have filtered home very quickly luckily it went the other way and I, and I never expected to win it I just thought all I could do was some exposure uh, also it's a bigger market much bigger place you know why not and so that's what I did. And I went, I had a go and, and it went better than I <laughs> had <laughs> did, ever dreamed of. Did you queue up uh, in New York with uh, lots of uh, American dance troops and, uh, and uh, you know, bad singers? Did, was that the way you did it? Yeah, I queued up uh, actually in, in Los Angeles and my first audition was at the Dolby Theatre in Hollywood and I got there at seven in the morning and I went on stage at about 9.30 at night and I'd been there all day and and I was there losing the will to live and as I walked out on stage I was I was also jet lagged as well as, you know, a bit peeved that I'd been waiting all day um, and, you know, just generally knackered. I walked out on stage and there was a voice in my head that was just saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Well, you know, you've got a, you've got a successful career at home. Uh, and then I thought, well, I'm here now. I might as well make the best of it. And I saw these four quite intimidating looking judges staring at me. And I thought, well, I've waited all day. I've come all this way. Let's go for it. And so I just did what I what I did. And it, and it went really well. And I, and I have to say, I really enjoyed it. And when we got through to the live shows, which that year were from uh, New York because Howard Stern was one of the judges on the series and he had to, he was based in New York with his radio show. So the, the whole show came from uh, the series, live shows came from Radio City Musical. And as I walked out and did my first, I think it was the quarterfinals at Radio City, six, there's 6,000 people in the theatre and I, th- I don't know, 20 million watching on NBC Live. I remember this voice in my head saying, don't screw it up, Zerdin. Come on, you can do this. And I, and I really relished it. I'd been, you know, been like you say, I was, I'd been doing this for a long time. And 
I just thought this is an opportunity. Come on, let's go for it. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. It was amazing. I bet it felt amazing. Did did, did they did you go on um edit you together and begin at the very first one as some sort of idiot from England? Um and what's he come over here for kind of thing? Or did they big you up a bit? Um I think I was a a bit of a novelty really because at that point I don't think there'd been many other uh, Brits on the series or, or seasons beforehand so I felt like I was a bit of a novelty and also the Americans do love the English accent and you know if, if you you know all, all the baddies in in Hollywood movies over the years have been played by a Brit you know a, a nicely spoken Brit whether it be yeah. you know um, Ben Kingsley or Alan Rickman um, they've all got these 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 great English voices and so I really sort of played on that because I knew that they liked the the accent and it's still it's funny even when I go back to America now and if I'm touring or whatever people go oh my god I love your accent where are you from Australia <laughs> I still get that and and it and it makes me laugh but I but I played on that and and I think and I think and I felt like a novelty you know to, because I thought well I am somewhere else and also I had an element of not devil may care but I kind of thought it doesn't really matter because I don't live here. I'm not from here. So if it doesn't work out, it's fine. I live in London. I can go home. It's all, it's all right. So I always had that at the back of my head, which I think kind of sort of served me well in a way, in a sort of healthy way. Uh, well, we're looking forward to seeing you on tour. Uh, check out Paul Zerdin online as well for all the details. But PaulZerdin.com, because that's actually your actual name. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, well, <laughs> Melton Keynes. And Chipping Norton, amongst many, many others uh, through the autumn. Paul, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much. Have a great day, won't you? It's my pleasure. And don't forget to check out my Paul Zerdin hands-free new comedy special on my Paul Zerdin YouTube channel. There you go, Paul Zerdin. Check him out on tour later in the year. Uh, uh, good guy. I like him a lot. Uh, this is James Watt. You've been listening to James Watt uh, in conversation show talk. Where we talk to the stars. We've been a bit lax in getting them out there recently, but uh, we'll get some more on the way. We'll get it wrong. We've, we've spoken to some really interesting people in the last couple of weeks. We'll, uh, we'll squirt them up on the podcast routine. Uh, so don't forget to subscribe away. That'll be lovely and like and want to send me a message you can do uh, at James Watt UK on Twitter and Instagram it kind of works as well have a good day we'll catch you next time round